Hello and welcome to another edition of the Unqualified Huddle. Uh, with me, Simon, and here with the twins, Shamu and Shano. Uh, first of all, before we get anything else underway, apologies for our last podcast not being put out. Um, not On make- time. Uh, it was out, but, you know, <laughs> not, not for, not a week later. Not to name names, but someone didn't edit it and uh, post it for us. So if you're there trying to find, get your unqualified news, uh, apologies for that. And, you know, I wasn't going to throw you under the bus, Jan, but you've sort of just thrown yourself under the bus there. <laughs> I have, I have. I, I mean, between moving houses, work, podcasting, birthday celebrations, it's it, 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 it delayed by a week. It's all excuses, is what I'm hearing. How was your birthdays, though? You obviously celebrated a birthday. I mean, both of you did as your twins. It's the same day. So how was it for you both? Well, we celebrated it with the Queen. What else could you expect? The Jubilee's on. The party's on. (laughs) The UK was, uh, you know, celebrating the day of our birth. Yeah, it was just for you, really, wasn't it? No, no, Nothing to do with the Queen at all. It's actually a celebration for the twins. As it should be, every single year. I can get used to this. Wonderful, wonderful. And you've moved in now, which, you know, our, our long-time listeners will know this has been a saga that's been going on for a long, long time. So congratulations, you, you've finally moved into your house. How do you feel I about that? It. I mean, I feel like I'm free. I feel a free, free man, finally. Yeah, all humans deserve this free world, and I believe I finally have it. I am finally in the house. Goodness. Goodness. So you're free, is what I've got from that. You are free. Uh, I mean, I could easily break into a song here, but I'd rather keep our listeners away from that. Please please don't. No no one needs to hear that. So um, what we've got coming up for you today, we're going to talk a little bit about Aaron Donald, who managed to get himself uh, a monster contract with the Los Angeles Rams. Fair play to him. We're going to touch on a subject that I don't like talking about, um, Mr. Watson and his sexual abuse allegations. Obviously, we're doing a spoiler for the season, our series that we've been ongoing. But before we get on to any of that, first of all, I have to check in. Channel, are you actually okay? I know it's been a tough time the last week, but you'll be okay. I just want you to know that I'm here for you as a friend. It's been a tough time. I, I, I can imagine. I know, I know, I know it is. Obviously, we've not spoke um, like since since the announcement came out, and I know obviously it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for you to to carry on being a fan of the NFL without your boy playing in it. How do you feel? See, so you you sent me this message, and I was like, my my first my first thought of call was Fitzgerald's retired. Then I was like, Fitzgerald ain't gonna announce anything. And then I was, I was scrolling through and I was like, how can this man be retired when he is better than half of the quarterbacks in the NFL? Ryan Fitzmagic should still be in the league. He, arguably, he, he could probably be better on his day than most of the Not on his day. Don't, don't patronise me, Simon. He could be playing for the New Orleans Saints and they'd have a better chance to win the league. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, the last few years, injuries have come a call in. He, he's now in his late 30s, isn't he? He's bordering on the uh, the 40, around the 40 area. And maybe, maybe it is time. Maybe his body can't cope with the punishment that he's used to getting, especially playing for like teams like Washington. 
He deserved better in his career. Treated <laughs> dirty mean, by nearly every team. He's going to do great in his media career. He is, he's designed for being in the media, being in front of our TV screens. That is what we want. He is a, he's a hero to, to everyone. Yeah, Fitzmagic's had a, he's had a good career, to be fair to him. I think he, as Channel stated, I think he has been done dirty by a lot of teams. He could have done better than a lot of what has been brought in to replace him. But teams didn't seem to want to keep him around for whatever reason. But, you know, who can be upset with the career that he's had? He's, he's obviously been one of the most successful quarterbacks to do it. it. He's in one of those elite groups anyway. I'm, I'm looking forward. I, can, I think it can be the next Tony Romo. I know Tom Brady has signed that uh, Fox deal. But I, I want to see Fitzpatrick on prime-time football calling games. That, that's what I want to see. I mean... Maybe- well, Shan, let me know if you need to, to reach out to us. Obviously, this is a tough time for you now, so let, let us know if you need comforting at all. But let's move on. Um, we've gave Fitzmagic more glory than what he was given by the teams he played for. And rightfully so. <laughs> so let, let's move forward. Let's uh, let's touch on this uh, Deshaun Watson drama that continues to unfold. Um, so what's been reported now is... He, Two more civil cases has been raised against him to bring up the total to 24 uh, women are bringing civil cases against him for sexual misconduct during um, massage treatments and, you know, physical therapy treatments, whatever. Um, alongside this, the the New York Times have also brought out an article today which puts a damning look on the Houston Texans as well. Sham, do you want to talk about that a little bit? I mean... The New York Times article by Jenny Francis, a great art, uh, article. You must read it out. Uh, must read it if you haven't. Um, it states there were 66 massage appointments booked by Deshaun Watson, not the 40 plus that we were led to believe. Um, and it looks like the Houston Texans, in a way, enabled him by booking these, uh, booking a facility for him to have these some of these massages. Um, it's damning. Um, over this 17 month period, there were 60, you know, six separate appointments booked. It's quite scary to see what's coming out of that story. And it doesn't help the PR spin that Watson and his team have been trying to do for the last few months. And especially the Cleveland Browns. We've talked a bit off the podcast about what do the Cleveland Browns do in this scenario, but it, it's really not a good look for the NFL either. No, I I actually think it's quite a bad look in the sense that I understand the whole innocent until proven guilty sort of situation. And, you know, he, he was tried at criminal court and two grand juries didn't find enough evidence to convict him, um, which is why it's civil cases now. But there's 24. Like, if it was one or two, then you, maybe it could go on for this length of time. But 24 now. And the length of time it's been happening, the NFL still haven't really done anything. They've not really investigated it from what I can see. What I can see. They've not stepped in. They've not put anything in place. It's it's just bad. And for the Browns as well, they, they obviously didn't know about these two cases, like extra cases being piled on top of what's already there, surely. Well, cl- well, clearly the Texans knew for a very, very long time. 
and some of those things that that were in the article. We all we all know that the NFL behind closed doors, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of plays being enabled. But I, reading that article, it was it's quite it's quite disturbing just how how much this was known by people in and around the Texans, um, and and it was just enabled for years. So what what do you think happens with the Browns now? Because um, if this goes forward, I mean, like the potential is realistically this year, Deshaun Watson won't play. Um, surely that's got to be like the the end of the like the, the line, basically. Deshaun Watson's likely not to play. So what does that mean for the Browns? Obviously, they've still got Baker Mayfield on the roster, who they have done absolutely filthed to, um, and Jacoby Brissett. So it's is Bissette their boy going forward? Jake Brisket's gonna carry the team? Maybe, maybe. Like like I said last week, you guys ridiculed me, saying that they'll lead an undefeated Browns resurgence in the second half of the season. Maybe. They, well, they won't go undefeated all the season, no way. But I can see this team, like I said, competing for the playoffs. Baker Mayfield will be disgruntled, but if if they start winning, that's all that matters, right? In the NFL. Um, he'll get over it once because they have a very good team around him. And I could, I could see this team pulling off a good few wins. Do you Every think... Time. That's all I'm saying. It's not going to be Baker. He's not going to be there. It just makes no sense for Baker Mayfield to be there. If, if, that's a big if, he gets an opportunity to leave. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Do you think Baker gets traded before the start of the season? Not anymore. No? I, think, I still think there's a chance. And I think the Carolina Panthers... Surely, Could surely be the team. Or well, Seattle surely, Seahawks will be the team. Surely Carolina, the only team that's going to be interested, I guess. Maybe the Seahawks, but I don't. I don't see it. But like Carolina, sort sort of the only team to me that seemed like they might be interested in this trade. But then, yeah, but uh, maybe an injury. There's always a quarterback true, injury. True. That's a that's a very fair point. So who who knows? It's just it's yeah. Again, it's not a good look. For the Browns, the NFL, the Sean Watson, all of it. But let's move on. Let's uh, move on to happier news. <laughs> Greener pastures. Uh, Aaron Donald, he was contemplating retirement. Um, Which we did ha- not believe. We did no. not believe he's contemplating any retirement in his life. No, he's, he's still, he's only around the 30-year-old mark, isn't he? I'm, I'm not sure on his age. But he's, he's only about... Maybe twenty nine thirty. Um, yeah, and still the most dominant defensive lineman. <laughs> yes, he still is perhaps the most dominant, not just defensive lineman, dominant player in the NFL today, and maybe um, in history outside of the quarterback position. Yeah. So you know, negotiations with the Rams. He got himself a very tasty, very tasty new deal. Um, which 31, is... 31.6 million per year on average, and if there's any play that deserves it, it's him. And uh, the the LA Rams, love them or hate them, they've managed to work out this modern NFL, how to pay your players. They've decided the draft isn't for them. They've somehow managed to build a team, pay their stars, and get new stars on board. Robert Woods might disagree, but uh, based on your previous um, comments about him, but yeah, I mean... <laughs> They've been the show show bearers of um, start signing up the uh, stars, a bit like the LA Lakers team. I genuinely do not know how their salary cap works. 
because... And then you're coming know. from a New Orleans Saints fan. Uh, well, I, I, <laughs> I know how ours worked because we give, like, signing bonuses instead of, like, money. So and we... sooner or later, it catches up to you. Yes. For the well, it well, sooner or later, but there's no actual deadline, so you can always push it down the can for 100 but, years. But for there's the... stopping you doing that. For the Rams, though, it doesn't really make sense. The, the thing with the Saints, though... We they did all that, but then it, essentially it cost them more money because we're using all the cap space, but we're also paying a lot of our guys bonuses to cover the rest of that money as well. So like the Benson family is putting a lot of money into their franchise because of that. But it's Rams team, like this is guaranteed money for him. This is a lot of money to guarantee. Like it's just it just seems like a lot, and they do this with a lot of their guys, um, where they they pay them big. Like Jalen Ramsey got paid, didn't he? Um, no, Donald's been paid. I but think... Donald is literally one of their guys. Homegrown talent. He wasn't traded for, like Cooper Cup. Uh, he is one of those other homegrown players. The the thing with the thing with this though, Donald by far deserves a contract like this because you look at any other position in the NFL today and you think like even quarterback, even you know, running back, you can make arguments for different guys being the top guy in that position, there's no argument that can be made that Aaron Donald isn't the top guy at the defensive tackle position. There's no other guy that's in his league. No, you like, can look at any metric, pro football focus, whatever. Uh, then the closest guy to Aaron Donald is miles behind. Like, Sorry, I don't know who the second best defensive tackle is no. because I don't need to know because Aaron Donald is way ahead of them. This is what I mean, though. He is that much of an elite talent that he is beyond elite. Like an, we said, he could be the best player to play the position ever. In a league where you have some of the best athletes, I hate when NFL media say the world, but they do have some of the best athletes in the world. One player is miles ahead of the rest. And it's it's quite impressive, really. I mean, I would have liked to see him show up against the Leicester Falcons when Simon's playing centre. Um, going up against uh, him in uh, practice, I would have liked to see what how would have happened. You could put any of these guys who play for the NFL against me when I used to play, and they would have they would have killed me. Like I don't <laughs> I don't pretend to be anywhere near this league of of a level of ability to play with these guys. But yeah, this this contract it's going to reset like the ride receiver market for me. I think this is going to reset for defensive tackles how much they value themselves to be. I disagree. Mm. I really disagree. Because no one's going to touch Aaron Donald's salary. No one's going to pay anyone like Aaron Donald. No. So reset, reset in my eyes, is someone who's going to get broken every time. But I I, I don't see that. I see it as this is now what he gets at this money. And if you're another guy who is not that elite talent, but you're like tier below... You're gonna think, well, if he's getting thirty million a year, I'm I'm worth twenty. Like, yeah, I'm, if you're I'm a Jeffrey Simmons, this, maybe this, this maybe I mean, you're looking a bit more now, yeah. But then historically, they weren't getting that money. Historically, defensive tackles weren't getting paid big because it's, yeah, it's it's a position where they just throw anyone in. He's gonna lift everyone else at that position up as well. The same as what uh, Christian Kirk did for the wide receivers <laughs> this offseason is what Aaron Donald's just done for the defensive tackle market. So, if you want to compare them, go ahead. I well, mean, uh, I'm, I'm that's just... the impact we're hoping for as Jags fans. 
Well, that's that's the impact that Christian Kirk had on the wide receiver market, though, and it's still realistically that is the case. And you look at it now; it's still with Debo Samuel situation going on. It's still causing some effects down the line. All um, these wide receivers have got a shrine dedicated to Christian Kirk in there in the house. You just know it. <laughs> so, like because of that, this is it's going to be the same situation. But anyway, let's let's move on. We can talk about this all night. Let's move on. Let's uh, let's go to our teams that we're going to do our spoilers for. We'll do some randomising, we'll do some research, we'll come back, we'll give our predictions. So we're going to start with uh, my good friend Shamil today. I'm going to spin the wheel, see you get, and then that's your team. Wheel is now spinning. Oh, it's exciting. Oh, oh. My heart races, racing. Uh, my heartbeat is racing. So you're off to the NFC East. Um, oh, no. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, yes. You best out of a bad bunch there. Yes, agreed. Uh, Shan, you can go second this week, so give it a little spin. Um, You are off to the NFC North um, in the NFC this year, this uh, this time. Uh, You have got Mr. Rogers and the Green Bay Packers. Okay, okay. Uh, And then I'll spin and I get it's gonna be uh, <laughs> a spicy episode guys um i get the buffalo bills <laughs> we've got three great teams there this is a must listen well, yes hopefully. It... <laughs> don't say hopefully this is a must listen podcast this is gonna be a spicy so like i said we'll go away 10 minutes we'll come back we'll give our predictions so see you then and we're back. Uh, okay, so to start us off with the spoilers of the season, uh, why don't we go to Philadelphia? Shamil, give us what you got. Well, Philadelphia, let's start off here. I'm going for 12 and 5 for the Philadelphia Eagles. Oof. In this... <laughs> Ambitious. And I believe in my whole heart right now, after doing more research, they're going to win that division. Watch him credit Doug Pedersen's <laughs> legacy in Philadelphia. Well, let's start off here. I must apologise to Nick Sirianni personally. I didn't think he had the minerals. I didn't think he was good enough for the job. But this Philadelphia Eagles team, what an off-season they've had. I think they've probably had one of the best off-seasons in the entire league. They are stacked from their starters. They've got so many blue-chip players. These are players who are difference-makers, game-changers. Jalen Hurts, say what you want about him. He can play. He um, should play. We don't know ceiling yet, which is probably a good thing for the Eagles. AJ Brown is the guy they needed and is the guy they got. Who would have thought at the start of the offseason, Philadelphia would be able to land AJ Brown whilst also getting Jordan Davis in the first round and then coming out with Nakobe Dean in the draft? I mean, that alone, those three players alone are going to be difference makers for this Eagles team. Uh, then the Giants, you know, within their own, div- in the same division, mess up the salary cap issues, let go of their best cornerback, James Bradbury. And guess who he signs for? Yes, your division rivals. And the team that needed its final piece on that defensive uh, backfield, Philadelphia, go and get James Bradbury to go with Darius Slay, at cornerback. They got Hassan Reddick to, I think, what, which was one of the best deals in free agency at the value they got him. He's a sack machine, and I don't think he's got enough credit. 
even when he was uh, produced a big number in Arizona. Did well with the Carolina Panthers, and I think the Philadelphia Eagles is perfect home for him and his style. Guys, what's not to like about this Eagles team? You look at their weapons right now. If you're a def uh, defense, you've got to stop the speed of Hurts, Sanders, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. Teams found that pretty easy, though, last year, didn't they? <laughs> well, they didn't have A.J. Brown, though, did they? Oh, what one... I say one addition at wide receivers that make a change. Diggs made a massive change in Buffalo. So am I putting AJ Brown in the same category as I'd put Stefan Diggs? No, no, I'm not. So But if you're if you're playing look at the division, right? You go I, against I, the Eagles. Uh sorry, you, you're the Eagles, you go up against the Giants. You take were, away their best cornerback. You were clamoring all over the Giants being one of the best teams in the NFL just a few weeks ago, if I if memory serves correctly. Well, I did not give them 12 wins, did I? I did no. not give them 12 wins. And at the time, James Bradbury was not playing within the same division. How were you going to take your rival's best cornerback and then also sign AJ Brown? So who the hell is going to cover him? The Cowboys are now have to going to cover Devonta Smith and AJ Brown on the field at the same time. And then think about Dallas Goddard, who's going to get his touches. Miles Sanders... Obviously, I think the, the Philadelphia running backs, they've always ran by committee. I think they need to deliver a bit more. They need to have someone do a bit more. Um, there's so a lot I, of injuries in that backfield. Can I, can I just bring up one issue I do have with this Eagles team? I, I, I've had for a, a bit of a while now. Is They used to be one of the better teams for me in the trenches. They they have like good defensive line as well as a really strong O-line. In recent years, I feel like that has sort of petered out and that uh, their, their linemen are just getting old and not as efficient as they were previously. So what have they done to address that in the off-season? Because I, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, so I'll give you that. And I agree, they've had a lot of injuries. This, this is a team that always seems to have injuries on that O-line. They've signed Jordan Mailata, that left tackle. He's a young guy still. Signed him to a long-term deal. Jason Kelsey picked his own replacement in this draft, uh, Cameron Jurgens. They drafted him in the mid middle of the round, his uh, early rounds, I believe. I need to go and check that. But they drafted Cameron Jurgens at center. He's their eventual starter. They drafted Jordan Davis, the combined freak in the first round, the defensive tackle. On the depth chart, he's probably backing up Fletcher Cox or Javon Hargreave. But he was a 13th overall pick. They managed to get him. He's a combined freak. Who ran like crazy uh, and posted absolutely amazing stats for his size. Another of those star players out of Georgia. So let, let sorry. Not only I'm... that, they got Nakobe Dean. He can be moved around all over the field. He's a defensive general that they've never he invested heavily on the linebackers. But you could say he's a high investment. So my my issue um, with with this is that I don't think their offensive line. Obviously, I think with Jalen Hurts and his ability to be mobile, it really helps the offensive line because it gives them a lot more that they can do. And they don't have to be as good as blocking as if you were for someone like Brady, where, you know, Brady's going to be stood on one spot. He's not going to move. So just, they look at, just look at Wentz two years ago. Like, he, he, he just got absolutely 
demolished that. It even hurt despite his mobility struggled, especially two years ago. And and this is my this is my only issue with this team really. Because like you say, they do have like the skill position pieces. They do have um defensive backs. They've invested in, in getting like Bradbury in and stuff. So like that sort of works. And even defensive line, you could argue their defensive line is still pretty strong with what players they've got there. But and would like, you not say Jordan Mylata, their left tackle is twenty five? He's very he's really raw. He he only started training NFL about four years ago when he came in like came across into the from, league, right? Straight yeah, into league, straight but... straight into the league from rugby. And uh, like, he ta- he's talented, he's athletic enough for sure. But he's played well though. He's played well for the Eagles so far. Yeah, but then pass rushes are getting better. He's gonna have to go against some tough opposition, especially like the Giants have made some moves this offseason and stuff. Like I, I just think twelve wins. Did you say? Yeah, twelve I, and five. I, got I the third easiest schedule. I think it's a, it's a little bit too rich for my my taste. I, <laughs> I would take ten. Yeah. Do you have um, them sweeping their own division? No. I have them splitting one game with um, the Cowboys. Uh, regardless, I'm afraid I'm out. Thumbs down. This is a terrible team to give 12 wins to. Yeah, they had yeah. nine wins last season. And I, I'll give them an extra win. They'll, they'll likely get 10 this year, but I, I can't see them get more than that. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, uh, Jalen Hurts truther, but even I ain't giving them 12 wins. Can I, can I give you their schedule just to start? No. I must. I must. Uh, you're, at t- you're, at, you're out of time. But they start you... with the Lions, Vikings, Commanders and Sh- Jaguars. Sham, Sham, you've been eight minutes. <laughs> Oh, okay, guys. Maybe next time, don't tell us every single person they've signed in the offseason <laughs> and talk about the schedule. Let's end that there. Um, unfortunately, Shamil, uh, it was too rich for both mine and Shan's blood, uh, I'm afraid. But let's let's move on. Let's move up to the greener pastures in Wisconsin, um, to Green Bay, where Shan is going to talk to us about Mr. Rogers and his crew and how they're going to do. Packers country, let's ride. Sorry, had to drop that Russell Wilson reference after after the social media uproar this week. Um, so the pa- Green Bay Packers are going to go from a pretty impressive 13-4, and four, in which they lost embarrassingly to the Lions in the last game of the regular season, to a 10-win team. They lose three games purely due to losing oh. the best player. <laughs> okay, that sorry. team had. Wait, wait, what's so funny? I, I feel that's a massive drop-off for a team. But you, you tell me how. You tell me why. We were talking at the top of the show about Aaron Donald, the best non-quarterback in the NFL. I'm a DeAndre Hopkins fan. I'm a Cardinals fan. But even I have to say that Devontae Adams is the biggest difference maker at wide receiver. And I think it's, it's telling that he left Green Bay not because Green Bay didn't pay him. It's because he wanted out. And we've seen Aaron Rodgers, his is his best. And, you know, I hate narrative-driven storylines. I mean, I, I, I kind of love them. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but you, you live on them. <laughs> you, you constantly give them. But are we, are we disputing the fact that Aaron Rodgers is his uh, best when he feels like he's, he's being disrespected? Yeah, and I think he's going to have a great year because of it. Yeah, he, he's going to feel disrespected this year. They got rid like, his best receivers left town. He's going to he... listen to this podcast and is going to feel disrespected. <laughs> this will be his motivational. Like, I, 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 I think he'll be all right uh, counting, his, counting his millions. You know that uh, Woody Harrison gif 
just wiping away his tears with, with, with some dollars. Um, <laughs> but the fact is, he got paid and the Green Bay Packers suffered because of him. Their leading receiver going into this year, I, I don't know who you want to put as their leading receiver. Is it Alan Lazard or is it Sammy Watkins? Probably Lazard. Way, is, it, is it Randall Cobb? <laughs> it's it's likely Lazard, isn't it? But either way, it's not a, it's not a great bunch of receivers, is it? Yeah, it's, it, even MVS isn't there. Um, but Rondo showed chemistry is important. Forget about talent. If he if he likes you, he's got the timing with you. You're gonna produce no matter what. He loves Randall Cobb. What's he gonna do this year? Is he gonna even top thousand yards? No. I'm not gonna lie. I I really liked what I, Green Bay did um, in the draft particularly the first round. I think a lot of people thought that Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt were steals at the back of the first round. Um, and they they got Christian Watson at the top of round two, a wide receiver. You know, finally, they draft a receiver for Rodgers. It's a bit too little, too late for me. Um, we saw at the back end of last year, they dropped a, a dub to the Lions. And I can see them losing seven games. Um, they, they they have quite a few tough games. They play uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They play the Bills, Rams, Titans, and the twelve win Philadelphia Eagles as well. So you know it's it's not an easy road. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, and, and when you put it in that perspective, they are tough games um, for them to have to play. They're, they're some of the better teams in the league, which so they're going to have to go up against, like you say. And even in a division, they're not they're not a hundred percent like you say against like the Vikings, for example. They or they always seem to uh, either run away with it or lose in a close game to them. Sorry, Shan, you're just wrong. <laughs> I I cannot believe Rogers. You think ten wins? You think the Green Bay Packers after Devontae Adams leaves improved as a team? Yes. No. No. I think Aaron Rodgers is vengeful. And will produce at an even better rate. I, I, I remember Aaron Rodgers after they drafted his replacement. What does he do? Just dish balls out. Um, and then, and I don't know why. I just feel last year they probably didn't win as many, maybe as um, they probably could have. I, I feel like they should have won more last year. I feel they were a better. They they are they were a better team last year than they are this year for sure. <laughs> All right, I, I've not rattled off players in, in my argument, so let, let's go through a few games, Jam. Uh, specifically for you, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it's a loss. It's a win. Are you okay, right? Mate? I'm out, I'm out. I can't argue. <laughs> I give up. It's, it's, uh, it's a loss. Um, I, I think... So, for Wait, my... my question is, where has it been played? Does it matter? It matters. If it's in Green Bay, I've got the Packers winning. It's in Tampa Bay. Okay, all right. Let's just go with Tampa. It doesn't matter anyway. Like, Brady is from New England. He played most of his career in New England. And that's a cold (laughs) area. This isn't 2012. We're we're not arguing Brady versus Peyton Manning versus Aaron Rodgers as the best quarterback. That's that's been and gone. Realistically, this... I'm... I would say with this Packers team, I don't think they're going to drop off as many games as what you seem to think. I would put them at about a 12-win team still. Um, and I, I would be comfortable putting them at that. All right. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, it's a, it's a loss. Buffalo Bills. It's a loss. Dallas Cowboys. 
That's no, a win. I, I'd, give That's a win. Green, I'd give that to Green Bay. Uh, Tennessee Titans. Green I'd Bay. give that to Green Bay. LA Rams. It's a loss. That'd be a good game. New England Patriots. It's a win. Patriots. Uh, no, sorry, sorry. Packers for sure. And they've got six games in the division and the Green Bay Packers can drop any of those games. Well, against the Vikings, Lions and Bears. Yes. They, they have perhaps the easiest division. I've maybe dropped one game for that. But I'm I'm still only on four games that they're going to lose. They also play the Commanders. It, that's another win. For for me, I think a twelve win season is they play the Jets. <laughs> it's probably uh, there. Did did you hear me? They lost thirteen to four against, against the, Detroit the Detroit Lions. They, they lost like just, 20, just this January. They lost twenty eight nil to a Saints team with no receivers. Like yeah, start the it, season in Florida. That would ha- happen. It happens. Like it, it just happens. They have anomaly games, uh, and I don't think they're going to have as many this year because Rogers, like what we said, like when they drafted a quarterback to replace him, he's going to be a pity. <laughs> Bleep that out, and then he's going to want to get an MVP season, especially because everyone said he's not as good again. Don't they're going to win more than 10. Do you know who's going to be offended listening to this podcast? It's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. It's you guys diminishing Devontae Adams' contribution <laughs> to the I don't, I don't diminish it at all. I think, that, like you say, Devontae Adams is probably the, one of the best league. So, like, I don't diminish that. That, that could cost a game or two. However, their division isn't very good. So, the, the, it's essentially six easy games so long as they don't trip themselves up. And then outside the division, the games that you said, they're more wins than losses for me. But let's let's you know, let's finite it. I'm gonna say I'm not going in with your ten wins. I'm gonna go the over. I'm gonna say twelve wins for the, the Packers this year. What is what I'm, you got, Sham? I'm going exactly the same as you, twelve wins, and I'm getting the over. All right, let's move forward. Let's let's me let me now explain to you how this Buffalo Bills team will finish the season with 14 wins. It's a it's a big number. Um, it is. Obviously, I'm, I'm expecting them to lose very little, but we'll come on to their schedule in a second. Let's just talk about their off-season that they've had. So, 2021, the Buffalo Bills had the best defence in the league. Was it second, third, fourth? The best. Number one. They were the best defence. Only downhill from it. <laughs> what did it do this year to improve that? They signed Von Miller. Case closed. They're, they're the best uh, defense. They're the best defense next year. Von he, Miller's not as good as he was. Not as good as he was, but he's still an upgrade. And he's still going to help their players that they've got there. He's not playing the next Aaron, uh, Aaron Donald anymore. <laughs> um, what they also did is they addressed their only of a weak spot on their defense in the draft and got. Kaye Elam in the first round as a quarterback for them to go alongside uh, Tredavious Wright, who is one of the better cornerbacks in the league. So, you know, their defense is pretty shut up. Their offense um, was really good last year. They've improved their offensive line. They they signed Rosa Saffold, um, who is an improvement. They also went out and um, signed OJ Howard as a guy to help the tight end room. Who who knows if he's gonna have that breakout season? But he's better than nowhere. 
Their receiver room is still stacked with Stefan Diggs leading the way there. Um, and they also drafted James Cook in the draft to go alongside Devin Singletree, who I hate um, because he always hates me in fantasy too. So anyway, they've had a good offseason is what I'm saying here. Last year, I don't know, I should have probably looked how many games they've won, but they were top of their division. They were one of the best, best teams in the NFL. In this season, I can't see them going backwards. Especially because I think, although the other teams in their division have got better, they're still not on the Bills' level. So I think that's six six wins in their division, maybe five wins in their six division. When the New England Patriots, as much as I hated them last year, kept pulling off upsets left and right. Yeah, yeah, but I I think uh, I think it's maybe five wins actually, and the Patriots are one of those te- one of those they'll have one of those games where they'll snatch a win from them. So Aside, what, what record did you say you're going with? For 14 and 3. Their three losses will come from the, the New England Patriots. It will come from the Los Angeles Rams in week one. And then it will likely be the Chiefs in week six. And that's it. The okay, rest so you of the think they'll beat the wins. Bengals? Uh, absolutely. They'll beat the Dolphins twice? Absolutely. They'll beat the Packers? Absolutely. They'll beat the Ravens? Yes. And the Titans? Yes. <laughs> These aren't easy games. These are they're, not easy they're games. Not, they're not easy games. But and... The, uh, no, ignore me. But the, the Bills are one of the best teams in the league. Josh Allen has took another step forward. He's going to continue to take step forward, it seems, every single year. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league going. He's kind but, of overrated, though. Maybe. But like you look at you look at their skill positions. Stefan Diggs... Gabriel Davis, Jameson Crowder, Khalil Shakir. That's their receiver core. That's decent. Dawson Knotts, OJ Howard, tight end. Nice. Devin Singletree, James Cook, running backs. Nice. Their defense, best defense in the league. Nice. <laughs> like, these other teams are going to have to come here and try and play this team. Because what, what the Bills can do is they can grind out wins. But what they mostly do is they blow your doors off. I, I just feel like the, with the Bills, they're a team that are high-powered, but they're also a team that I don't always trust to win games that they should win. And that can go back to last year. It can go back before that. I just, I've, I've always feel there's a letdown or two in them. Well, yeah, potentially, but then that's why I'm only giving them 14 wins and not giving them 17 and 0. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. For me, they're the best team in the NFL. Um, potentially, it's hard, and it's hard to argue with that. I just think that's three losses is well, fourteen wins in the NFL is really, really tough. Every es- tough. especially when you're expecting them to pummel teams like the Titans, the Bengals. I, I'm not as high on the Titans as what you guys seem to be. I don't. I think the Titans have took a massive step back this year. No, I, I agree with you, but they're just a hard team to play against. And, and like, Josh Allen has had dud games. You look, they lost to Jacksonville six zero last year. I mean, yeah, yeah, and that that could happen for sure. But I just feel like, especially with their schedule, that it is a tough schedule. It's one of the tougher ones, maybe. But they they've got enough quality about them to beat some of, like these teams on the schedule. And some of these teams that they're playing aren't good. Like they play the Jets twice, which I know, you know, we shouldn't just count as wins, but that they're easy wins for them. They play the Vikings, which 
it's an easy win for them. It should, it, well, it's not an easy win there. I they mean, play the, play the Lions, which is an easy win for them. I mean, you know. back to front, their starters on defense is absolutely scary. The depth is scary. Their offense, their starters are great. My question is that uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Gabriel Davis, right, get more snaps without mm-hmm. um, Cole Beasley there. But are you really looking at that wide receiver depth chart with the Bills and thinking, you know what, we're going to blow teams out. And we're yes. not going to lose a game. Yes. Stefan Diggs, uh, as we've talked about, like no, the, we know about Stefan Diggs. Yeah, well, that, that's what I'm saying. So Stefan Diggs is still an elite wide receiver. Gabriel Davis was their number two last year. He's going to continue. Was their number four last year? He moved up to be their number two. Let's be honest. Yeah, there. in theory, yeah. So he's still going to be there and do that. Jamison Crowder is going to be their slot receiver this year, and he's an upgrade, in my opinion, to Cole Beasley. When when he's when he's healthy and he plays, Crowder's the better player. That's an upgrade. They've got uh, Dawson Knox, who's a good tight end. They've got OJ Howard now, who had all the potential in Tampa Bay. But where's the, where's be, where's the receivers behind them? Uh, yeah, some it's a fair point. Isaiah McKenzie's okay. He's no. played all right for them previously. No, no, no. It's not even a fair point. Even the receivers at the start, this might be controversial, but saying yeah. their receivers, their skill position players, their roster is a 14 to 3 roster. I don't agree. Especially I mean, I'd rather have the, the Miami Dolphins as a receiving group in that, hold it in that division anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and you know, there's an argument to be made that the, the Dolphins receiver core are better than what the Bills have right now. However, and do you really the, even the trust Bills the Bills' Josh running back? The Bills of Josh Allen. Yeah, they don't but... even trust their own running backs. Josh Allen gives you wins. James Cook's an upgrade and to their running back. He'll be he's their backup. He'll get a split with Devin Singletree because Singletree's awesome. Oh, and Zach Moss is still there and Duke Johnson. Don't forget them. It, it yeah. is a mess of a backfield. I think it's but, the depth. That but commi- I, I just want back- more firepower in that team. Committee backfields work in other teams. The 49ers have done it for years and it works for them. But anyway, let's, you know, let's, you know, make a decision here. What we're going to say. Compelling argument, but I'm out. I don't <laughs> invest. So what would you say? What do you say their ceiling is then? If not 14, what, what do you reckon they'll, they'll get? I mean, their absolute ceiling is probably 14. Um, mm. But I think uh, a 12-win win season is realistic. Yeah, I'm going to have them coming back a bit down to earth as well. I'm going 12 wins as well. It could easily be 11, but as high as 14 as well. I could see I can see where you're coming from, Simon, but I've got to take the under here. Yeah, I think even 11 is more likely than 14. Yeah. So, so, thank you for that. What I also want to say is I want to apologise to any Buffalo Bills fans that listen to this podcast because my two colleagues, as stated on the title of the podcast, are very unqualified to be talking right now. Absolute lunacy. And on that, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> Tune in next time when we will talk about three more teams and keep you up to date with any of the other news that's going to come. Uh, until that time, though, peace. From Coast Country, let's ride. Let's ride. Bye.